So just remember the mothering energy is I don't trust him to get it done himself. And I'm not willing to let him make a mistake for his higher good. And the lover energy is I trust him and he might make a mistake, but I actually know it's going to help him to be a better man. That is the lover energy. Hi, everybody. And before today's episode, I'd love to give a little bit of an extra disclaimer because I realized that Monica might be a little bit more extreme, for lack of a better word, than uh, what we normally have here on the podcast. And I really wanted you all to hear this conversation because even though I walked away from, from this recording thinking, okay, there's a few things being said that I, I don't agree with. I also walked away from this conversation actually feeling really inspired in a very practical sense on, you know, how to take this really deep masculine feminine or actually really deep subdom dynamic into real life. She gave me so many ideas of just how to play with this like really, really deep masculine feminine relating. Today's conversation might challenge you a little bit. It might also really inspire you. It might do both of those things at the same time as it did for me. Whatever it is, I am truly curious what you're going to take from today. So without much further ado, here's my conversation with Monica. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Deeper Podcast. And today I am joined by Monica Yates. And it's not often that I interview a woman on the podcast, so I am so excited to have her today. Monica Yates is a, let me check my notes, is a trauma healer, a period whisperer, and an embodiment coach for both men and women. And she is on fire. I was just checking her content on Instagram, and she's got some things to say. So I am very excited to have her here. Welcome, welcome, Monica. Thank you so much for having me, Sophie. Mm, so Monica, for people who haven't heard of you yet, uh, what's kind of your story? What are you building in this world? What it is? What is it that you're bringing? Yeah. So my focus, my business kind of started because I, I started helping women get their periods back after my own journey of losing my period coming off the pill. Um, and kind of long story short, um, I kind of got a name for myself. Or I did get a name for myself where women have typically gone to every doctor, every naturopath and tried everything to fall pregnant, get rid of their PCOS or their endo or get their period back. And they would come to me and I would focus on the feminine energy side of it, the trauma side of, you know, the, just the trauma that we grow up in of like, you know, being a woman, like we got the bad end of the stick. Um, and then women's periods would just magically come back, women falling pregnant, PCOS mm-hmm. gone, endo gone. And mm-hmm. I can't really describe it other than there is so much power in healing your trauma and our body mm-hmm. does keep a record and our d- body does remember trauma and it does affect our physical health. And a lot of people can be really aware of their physical health, but they aren't aware of their energetic, mental, mm-hmm. spiritual, emotional health. So that's kind of how I got into everything. And one thing led to another and I'm just obsessed with trauma. Like give me the deepest, darkest, most Mm. yucky, ugly stuff. And I just love it. Mm. So I really love helping um, my clients heal from all their trauma and not in like a talk therapy kind of counseling Mm. journaling way, but rather of getting to the root and making sure that they're no longer triggered by things, 
Um, and it's not like they have to work at, you know, breathing techniques that are not anxious in certain scenarios. It's like the actual issue is just gone from their life. It feels kind of magical. So that's what I do a lot of. And then I'm really passionate, um, more on my like activist side. Um, I'm really passionate about helping women to understand men and to stopping this pandemic, um, of emasculating men, shaming men. You know, we are bombarded by the media telling us and telling men that basically, they should be more like women and that masculinity is bad and it's dangerous and it's wrong. And when you truly understand biology and masculine and feminine, it's like, no, we actually need these men to be more masculine to create a safer society and environment for women to feel safe and for us all to feel safe and held and supported and loved. So that is me in a nutshell. Mm, This is so beautiful. I'm curious what you, um, what you feel is like the the biggest pain that the feminine has or that what you've noticed the women that you work with have towards men? Mm, such a good question. I'm, oh my God, I just could go on this forever because it's, <laughs> it's also like really heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking yeah. for the men in our lives because if you understand men, it's like they just so deeply want to love us. They cherish yeah. us. They adore us. They think that we are just God's greatest gifts. Mm. Um, and every man, like, okay, besides like bad men, like but as bad people, just full stop. But, you know, this isn't just about the men that do the work, quote unquote. My boyfriend isn't into this world and mm. he is an, a, a good example of just absolutely praises women no matter who they are, no matter whether it's a stranger, they just think that women are amazing. So in terms of what I have noticed is the greatest pain that the feminine has towards men and the masculine is I would say that we have a lot of anger and it's anger from not understanding them. And it's anger from society constantly making us really, and we don't fully understand it. So we don't dive into it ourselves, Mm -hmm. which is why, you know, understanding it's a really good thing. We are are bombarded by society, basically try to make us women more like men. And it makes us angry because we, and you probably aren't consciously aware of this, but it makes us angry because we are living not in tune with our desires or in tune with our truth. And then you get angry and it's like, men don't fucking do anything. Men are lazy. He never does this for me. He never plans a date. He never, and all this anger gets projected onto men. And I'm like, but you don't let him like, you're trying to be the man, right? Like you're controlling and you are, you know, constantly in this like girl boss mode where you're so head dominant. You don't let him lead and you're wanting to control everything. And when you understand the control aspect, it's like, it's because you don't feel safe to be a woman. You don't feel safe around your femininity. You don't feel safe to let him lead and let go of control because we're bombarded by society being like men are bad, men are dangerous, men are this. And it creates this like intense conflicting emotion in us because the feminine so deeply wants to be looked after, cherished, loved, saved, right? By the masculine. It's like they want to be our heroes and we want to let them be our heroes and let them be our providers. So we have that one side of us where we feel and it's still there. And then the other side of it is like, but I can't trust them and they don't do anything and I have to do everything myself. And it's literally polar opposite emotions. And it's like really intense, um, like push and pull that we experience that creates 
so much pain for us. And I went through this myself, which kind of was one one of the reasons that got me on this journey. Mm. Um, And I see it with my clients all the time where it's like, I want him to lead. I want him to do all of these things. And at the same time, it's like, I don't trust him and I don't Mm. trust men. And what if he leaves? What if he hurts me? What if, and it's just, it's so overwhelming to our bodies, which then causes us to be like, I can't deal with this. I'm just going to control everything. But at the same time, we're not happy with it. Yeah. So you were talking earlier about like how we kind of emasculate men. Yeah. This is such an interesting topic because like I also do this work. I'm quite aware of it and it still sneaks in. And so I will just, I call it shadow bragging, but I will shadow brag that like one of the sneaky ways that I do is that when I'm at a party or at a dinner party with my beloved, I will kind of slightly make fun of him. Or kind of mm. joke about him or just be like, oh, but he thinks this, whatever. And it seems so innocent. And actually, I can always see it on his body that that was hard to receive. And so can you tell us a little bit more about like this topic of how we maybe very unconsciously? Yeah, that's a really good example. That's a good example because like that's a very subtle way that we mm-hmm. do it. And there's really obvious ways that we do it, but like, that's a good reminder for us also be like literally little comments like that, like you thinking it's like, oh, it's just banter. It's just fun. It's just joking. It's like, it's actually truth in the joke. And he Mm -hmm. feels that. So he feels like he's not as much of a man for you. So, I mean, some of the more obvious ways that we do it is like not letting a man pay for dinner. Like actually we were in Paris the other day and my blood was boiling because we were sitting next to this couple and he's, they were both British. Mm-hmm. So especially British culture, it's like mm-hmm. men still lead, right? In the European culture, I'm going to put Brits in there too. Mm-hmm. Very much men are still in their masculine. Yeah. Australia and America, a little bit different. Really- um, it's like, you know, I mean, I now live in the South and in the South, it's like, yes, men lead. Like right. all my boyfriend's friends, it's like, they will still like clean up the kitchen, do everything for me. And they're not, mm-hmm. I'm not in a relationship with them, like in a romantic mm-hmm. relationship, but that's the way that the South operates. But like living in New York, because I was just living there, it's like, oh, that's not a fucking thing in New York. In New York, it's like so quote unquote progressive. And it's just like a completely different um, you know, realm that you're in. So we were sitting having this dinner and um, they're obviously like, maybe they're not boyfriend and girlfriend. I don't know. It was like kind of a weird dynamic because they weren't like mm-hmm. super lovey-dovey, but they were they'd at least like dated a few times. I could tell by their behavior as they were leaving. Mm-hmm. And he goes to pay the bill and she is like, no, I want to pay half, let you pay half. And like, he's like, he literally, I'm like listening to this and he's like, no, like I want to pay, like I've got this. And she's like, no, like I, I want to pay half and just kept going. And then he kind of put his foot down. I was like, no, like I, I want to pay the bill. Please let me pay the bill. Mm-hmm. She's like, okay, fine. But at least tell me how much it is. And I'm just sitting there like, oh my God. And Mm. the reason why I'm sitting here being like, oh my God, is because this poor man just wants to treat the woman that he is dating or in love with or whatever. And she is not receiving it. Instead, she's basically saying that I don't trust you as a man. I don't want you to lead the relationship. I don't want you to look after me. I don't want you to provide for me. And the reason why it's heartbreaking is that is the essence of him as a man, like him as a man in a relationship is to provide, protect, adore, cherish, love, lead X, Y, and Z. So if you take that away from a man, there's nothing left for him in a relationship. So then we have these weepy feminine men that women then complain about. And I'm like, well, who made him 
like that. Like you actually were the one that made him like that because a man and a boy's natural instinct and desire and his biology based on his hormonal profile is to lead, direct, provide, protect. So it's not like he's being, you know, pressured by society to lead, provide, and protect. No, that's his natural core Mm -hmm. desire separate to what the media says. Mm -hmm. So that's one example, right? Where it's like you are not letting him pay for dinner. And then especially when you keep going on about it and then asking him what the price of the bill was, so you know half of it. Another example is like not letting him hold open the door. Like common example, like common way women do it. It's like I can hold it open myself. I'm strong enough to hold open my own door or not even letting him hold open the door. Like you grabbing the door first. It's like, I do not open a door. I make jokes about it now. It's like, I don't carry my own bags. I just buy the bags. I don't, open, <laughs> like, I don't open my own door. And it's not because like, it's not entitlement. It's not any of that. It's actually you allowing a man to do what makes him happy. And there's a really great quote. I don't know who says it. And the quote goes something like, um, I'm not a man of saying this. I don't hold open a door for a woman because you're not capable of holding open yourself. I hold open a door for a woman because I'm a man. Hmm. And it's like, that just hits deep, right? It's like, we make it about us. We make men being men about us. Like, oh, he's doing X, Y, and Z. It's like, no, he's just holding open the fucking door because he is a man. And that's what good men do. And when you understand like chivalry, like Mm -hmm. the true chivalry, it is not, Chivalry is not what some people think. Like some people think I read some articles on and I'm just like, oh my God. Mm -hmm. Some people think chivalry is like a a way for a man to get into a woman's pants. Mm -hmm. No. True chivalry is actually a way that a man cherishes a woman and goes, and it's the energy of it for a man is I value you so much. I value you so much that I want your life to be easier. I'm like, that's a fucking vibe. But we women make it into something that it's not into because we feel so insecure in our own feminine energy. I mean, other ways that we emasculate is making jokes, making fun of, ripping him down. Why like the common thing, like, why don't you like the dishwasher? Why don't you do this? Why do you never listen? Like all of those things. It's basically you aren't a good enough man. Um, a re- like a really little one that a lot of women do is like when he's making dinner, it's like you haven't chopped this right, you haven't cooked this right, like don't do this, you fuck this up. And he's like, I'm just trying to cook dinner, like. I'm just trying to provide for you, right? Whether it's whether it's energetically provide or monetarily, he's just trying to provide for you. So when you rip that away from him, he's like, what's my purpose here? And that's been a really big problem. And I'm sure you're aware of this too, Sophie. It's like, that's been a really big problem for men where they don't know their purpose anymore in society because women can, you know, we can do it all ourselves. We can have our own orgasms, buy our own houses, make our own babies, like, have our own jobs. Like we don't need you anymore. And a man actually needs to feel needed. Like it's, you know, in the personal development world, it's wrong for someone to feel needed, quote unquote. But that's what a man feels like. Like that's his purpose. His purpose is to feel needed by us. So when we take all of that, when we take those gifts away from him, it strips him of his masculine dignity. And something just for everyone to anchor into is, you being in your feminine and letting him lead is a gift to him. You letting him hold open the door is a gift in his eyes. You letting him drive the car, buy you dinner, take you out, pick your dress, plan a date. That is a gift to him. He feels so happy that he is able to do that for you. Um, And it's unfortunate because 
a lot of women do want this and past relationships have caused men to feel unsafe in leading and being a man. So then these women start dating these men and they're like, he's not leading. Like, how do I make him lead? And it's, it's a very like individual situation, like depending on the person, because if his past relationship was traumatic in the way of he was shamed and shut down and squashed as a man, he's not going to necessarily rise with you. So it, it really can be your responsibility um, to initiate that safety where like you're allowed to rise, you're allowed to lead, you're allowed to do all of those things, especially if you are like a powerful woman or if you're in business and X, Y, and Z, you really have to let him do that. I do that with my boyfriend. He naturally had the desire, right? Naturally, he wants to control and wants to lead. But in the very beginning, I made it very clear to him that that was like hella welcome. And so like, you know, now it's like very subdom, you know, outside of the bedroom as well of just, he's always dominating. And it's almost in a funny way of some of the times the things that he says, he's like, I swear to God, you should have lived in the seventies or the (laughs) sixties. Like you just love some derogatory shit. (laughs) (laughs) Just for like, just as a little nuance here. So what's the difference between, um, I want to get to what the difference is between entitlement and, Mm. um, like inviting your man to, to, to lead you to be there for you to hold the door open to pay the bill. Because I've seen in, in clients and then also in friends, to be really honest, and maybe also a little bit in myself, mm-hmm. there is a shadow side to this where it becomes mm-hmm. a demand mm-hmm. rather than a, I'd love for you to lead me. So can yes. you share a little bit about that? Yes. I mean, it depends where the energy is coming from. If it's coming from right. your heart, yeah. you know, this makes me happy. It's a completely different vibe that he picks up on. And like men do pick up on a vibe. We don't give them enough credit, but they have a strong intuition too. Mm-hmm. Compared to this is what I deserve. This is what you owe me. This is what, this is right. how it works. So in the beginning, you know, as an example, I shared with my, well, at the time it wasn't my boyfriend, obviously, but now boyfriend, I shared with him uh, actually my book. So obviously with my job, it's a little bit easier, but I essentially shared that I really like a man to lead and that just so that you know, you have full permission to do that. He was able to pick up on what I meant pretty quickly. And then each little scenario, he would like test the waters of like, can I do this? And then I wouldn't push back and I would be like, please go for it. And so over time he learned. So it's, you can't expect a man to go from zero to a hundred, especially if either in your current relationship, you've been the one leaving everything. It's going to take time for that polarity to swap back. Or if the man that you are dating has come from a background where he was really shamed in his masculinity, it's going to take time. And that's why it's really important that when he's trying to lead a situation, as little as paying for a coffee, let him do it. Because in your mind, you might go, it doesn't fucking matter. It's $4. I'll pay for the coffee. It's not about the money. It's about the fact that you haven't let him like do that gesture, for example, or holding open the door or whatever it is. Then when it comes to like the entitlement kind of being sassy and being cheeky side of it, again, the way that you do it is different. So um, what's an example? Sometimes if um, like, sometimes if my boyfriend is like off 
in his mind somewhere and he hasn't remembered to grab the door. If I'm a little bit in front of him to grab the door over my shoulder, mm-hmm. I will just stand there next to the door and just give him this cheeky smile. And like, he knows <laughs> straight away what I'm doing. And in the, I didn't say anything in the beginning. That's what I would literally mm-hmm. do. I just wouldn't open the door. And then if he didn't say something about it, I'd be like, did you notice what I just did? And I would do it. I would say it in a cheeky way. He's like, yes, I noticed. Sorry. I forgot. And I'm like, it's okay. And then we just keep going on with our day versus you, you know, him not reaching over fast enough and you being like, are you going to open the door for me? Right. Completely different. It's like, you've actually shamed him in that moment for not being enough of a man. So the way that you say everything is completely different. And you have to remember the masculine loves that cheeky, playful, flirty side to the feminine. So you can be cheeky, flirty, and playful with the way that you do it. Like, let's say you're traveling and mm-hmm. um, there's lots of suitcases uh, like coming around the little roundabout thing you and the suitcases get off. You can just be like, I'll mind the bags. You can get the suitcases. And the, way, the way that you say it is cheeky of like, I'm going to let you pick up the heavy things because I do not pick up heavy bags. And over time, if you get playful with it, what you'll find is that you and your partner will be really playful with you know, the way that you engage in like who's doing what. So now, for example, using the suitcase thing, um, we just got back from our trip. And like, as an example, he ran off to the bathroom and he's like, honey, when the bags come out, don't pick the bags up because like, Mm. that's not a woman's job. And he says it not in a condescending way, but in a funny way. And I'm laughing about it. And we do that now because it's this beautiful, funny reminder. And it's cheeky reminder of like, I get to be the woman and he's the man. And he's not saying it in a way of like, leave the bag like um like you can't touch them like I'm controlling you it's like I don't want you to do that like you just chill like just sit here and like I'll be back in a second and I'll handle all the bags and it's just a reminder that like a lot of the time in the personal development world we can make these things I think really heavy and it can actually make it very repelling to engage in deep conversations or engage in these kind of new ways of having a relationship. And so I'm always just like, keep it light, keep it funny, keep it flirty. Because if you make something heavy and intense, no one feels safe in that energy. And it's just going to repel you from diving into what you want to dive into. So keep it funny and keep it flirty because most people in a relationship are meaning well towards each other. So don't like blow something out of proportion. It's kind of interesting because in you said the Europeans, but actually the Dutch are, I would say most relationships and with, with between Dutch people, it's kind mm. of that she's wearing the pants and he's a mm. bit deflated, I would almost say, and a bit afraid of her. And it's kind of the nice guy a lot. And mm-hmm. um, so we have a slightly different culture. And here, like one joke is for every expat that comes to Holland, that first date, they always split the bill. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know all of the first date. <laughs> and like, it's a thing not here. happening. It's mm-hmm. a thing here of like, they will always split the bill. And I've been in those kind of dates. And of course, it didn't feel really nice, right? Because it just felt yeah. like two dudes almost or like two girlfriends yeah. hanging out rather than that there was a polarity that was playing. But I think I'm curious of... I'm curious if you're, um, I'm, I'm assuming, or I know you have quite a successful business and I'm assuming that um, you might be in a more successful level than your partner at the moment. Mm-hmm. So yep. how do you, how do you navigate that? So yeah, like to put it bluntly, like mm-hmm. I make more money than him as well. Yes. So if he's asking mm-hmm. and um, really good question, because this is like something that a lot of women, they get 
confused. Uh, they get like tripped up about if they're making more money than their man. Mm-hmm. I am in a relationship where I feel like I am bossed around and submissive in a sexy, healthy way mm-hmm. all the time. So even though I make more money, it's like he does everything. So mm-hmm. I am always being led. He'll have, he'll have like, I, I'm saying the final say, but not actually like if it was about a money decision, it's, it's my money. I would obviously have a final say, but I want him to have the, the quote unquote final say or a large say, because I trust his masculine opinion about it. And I go to him right. for those sorts of things, you know, like, um, for example, like moving here, it's like, he's the one leading the house hunt. Like he's the one organizing mortgage crap. Like he's the one that's getting my car. Um, like he's like, his name is always on all of our hotel reservations. Yeah. Um, he will always pay with his credit card. Right. So even if like, I, am paying for like a hotel, for example, he'll actually put it on his credit card and then he'll go into my bank account later and like take whatever from that because the trust is so fucking strong. So the energy is that he is the masculine. I am very much the feminine and we don't let that, that money thing change that energy at all. I don't let it, I don't hang it over his head. There is no, like, I have more control than you because the thing is I want him to have the control. So why would I, why would I make the money mean that I have more control? That doesn't support me and doesn't support him. So that's not a thing whatsoever. And then also a lot of women feel as though, and I'm not going to say that money doesn't have a sense of prov- mm-hmm. being provided for and being protected. Like it absolutely does. And you can have the energy of feeling provided for and protected by, um, in a different way. So I feel very provided for and very protected by him. Um, even though I technically make more money, the energy in which he shows up in the relationship, the way that he conducts himself with other people, if he's ever, um, if he's ever organizing something with my money, the intensity that he will go to, to ensure Mm -hmm. that every dime is being used to the correct thing and no one's overcharging or X, Y, and Z. It's like, I wouldn't actually do that. Like I was like, whatever, just pay the thing. And so he is also honoring my money to a level that like I probably didn't honor myself. And he, and I always feel we've had, we've had conversations about this as well all the time, not all the time, um, multiple times is that God forbid shit hit the fan. It would not be my responsibility to go out and make the money and get a shitty job, shitty job, quote unquote. If, if shit hit the fan, if we needed a second, like another, not a second wage, another mm-hmm. stream of income, he would go and organize that because I had this conversation with him like earlier, early on when it was like coming up of like, I felt, and it wasn't a him thing. It wasn't actually what he was doing. It was just like an experience that I was having because I knew that I was making more money Um, was I was feeling like, what if shit at the fan, like, I don't want it to be my responsibility. I don't want, I don't want to feel like if I, you know, I'm struggling for three months or something that, oh my God, I have to make the money. And when I brought that to him, it was an amazing conversation where like in an essence, it was like, you never ever have that pressure on you. Like you will never, I will never let that pressure be on you. I never want, I never want that pressure to be on you. Mm-hmm. Um, given the circumstances and the way that your business is run, how it operates, like, yes, you make more money, but you do not have more responsibility 
to make more money. You do not have the responsibility of being the provider um, of the family X, Y, and Z. And something that I would suggest for every couple that is in the same dynamic, because it's actually Mm -hmm. really common. It's really common these days for women to make more money than men. And if you make it a thing, it's going to be a fucking thing. We have the most open conversation and open um, dialogue when it comes to money. There is no stickiness about it. There is no like, you know, sometimes I feel like, oh, I should, I don't want to say this to him. I don't want him to feel like weird about it. And he can sense it. So he'll be like, fucking say it. So I'll say it and he won't make it mean anything. We'll have a great conversation about it. 10 seconds later, it's not a fucking thing. Like right. it just gets whizzed through so quickly and the money dynamic becomes a problem for couples in these situations when you don't talk about it, when you don't express the worries that are coming up, those like those feminine worries of like, I don't want to be the provider. I don't want to carry the stress. I guarantee you, he doesn't want that for you either, but he doesn't know that you're feeling that because in his mind, he's like, yeah, she doesn't fucking have that responsibility, but you don't know that because it hasn't been said. So open dialogue is fucking everything with this thing and remembering that there are so many other ways that he can provide and protect. And it's really important for you to know the ways that you feel provided and protected for outside of money. So I knew the things that I needed to feel provided and protected for. I communicated that with him and he goes above and beyond in those areas. So I never like feel otherwise. Yeah. I want to make sure we cover this topic because I, it's, um, I feel like you've got some cool stuff on this. So I saw you were speaking a bit about like mothering, like mothering mm. our men. And I think especially like even for me, so it's a, such a nuanced thing of when we are loving and caring as a woman, right? We can be mm-hmm. so loving and caring. And when that turns into mothering of our men. And so I'm going to give you the example because this is the one where I still get tripped up. Yeah. Let's say my man's got the man flu, right? Mm-hmm. And we know the man flu. The man flu is terrible. And he's just a like a sad heap. Like, a, like he's a mess. Yeah. yeah. There is a part of me that just wants to go, hey, babe, come put your head on my lap. You know, yeah. I'm going to make you some soup. And it feels slightly mothering. And I mm-hmm. don't actually know how to, in that situation, how to not fall back into mm-hmm. mother energy. Mm-hmm. Even though I don't necessarily want to bring that to him, even though I'm aware of it very much in a lot of things that I don't bring that. So I'm curious what you've got on mothering energy and what okay. you would do in that situation. Okay, cool. So firstly, the first thing is, is that man flu, we (laughs) shit on men about the man flu thing, but it's actually a real thing. So men get sicker when they get the flu because they don't have as much estrogen as we do. So that's why men will often get sicker when they do get sick is because their testosterone levels and their low estrogen levels. That is also why you will often get sick in your luteal phase for your period over ovulation phase because your estrogen levels are lower. So our estrogen is what helps our immune system and we don't feel as sick when we get sick when we have estrogen in our body. So just like first thing is try and just eliminate saying to him the man flu and even saying to yourself because immediately it has this energy, like he's pathetic as well, which can then affect obviously the way that you engage. So The thing to understand about mothering versus loving and caring and looking after is mothering has the energy of, I don't trust you to do it yourself. Loving energy is, I know you're going to do it yourself, but I just want to look after you. Right. So with the example of like him being sick and the soup, Mm -hmm. you making him soup to look after him is not a mothering energy. That is a caring energy, right? You booking him a doctor's appointment is a mothering energy. Because 
unless he's said to you, babe, I need to go to the doctor. Can you please book a doctor's appointment? Then book the doctor's appointment. But if you've said to him, you're sick, you need to go to the doctor. What you're saying is I don't trust you to tell me when you're to the, like sick to the point where you need to go to the doctor. Right. So, um, you know, I've said to my boyfriend before, he got really bad food poisoning actually when you were traveling and it was getting really bad and he wasn't drinking and he was kept throwing up. Mm -hmm. So I said to him, I said, babe, I'm getting worried. Do I need to phone the doctor? Like I can phone the doctor and he can be here soon. Like I'm worried about you. And Mm -hmm. that was different. That was, I'm worried about you, but it's, you need to tell me. And he can, he would be like, no, I'm fine. Don't phone the doctor. I will tell you. I will tell you if I get to a point where you phone the doctor. That's lover energy. It's not mothering energy. Mothering energy would be he's sick. Let me phone the doctor instead of trusting his word. Obviously, different story if he's like fucking passed out from the ambulance, right? That's a completely different situation. But another thing is like um, clients will say to me, you know, like I've like I've reminded him that he needs to like fill out a tax form or whatever, and like he hasn't done it yet. So like, do I keep telling him and like nagging him? It's like, no, he needs to learn from his mistakes. Do little boys learn if their mother hand feeds them everything? No, he has to learn from his mistake of getting an overdue bill or paying a late fee or getting in trouble. That will make him learn. You spoon feeding him won't make him learn because the next time he has to do his taxes, guess what? He didn't learn a lesson. So he's going to do the exact same thing again. So -hmm. if you want your man to actually be more of a man, you have to let him make mistakes. And it is hard. And I get it because I've witnessed it where it's like, you know, what's about to happen, right? We're fucking women. We're intuitive as hell. We see things sometimes before they happen. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I will know what's about to happen and it will make my fucking blood boil, but I will keep my mouth shut because if I open my mouth, he then, he then, and he said it to me before, but I've done it before. Of like, I feel like you don't trust me right now to execute on this. So like I've tested it in like different situations. I like, sometimes I use him as a bit of a like testing thing for my clients, lol. Um, <laughs> I've tested it. And even in those situations where you're like, shit's about to hit the fan. I need to tell him this. You have to let him learn as a man. Now, there are times when you can um, maybe like test the waters and he might bite back at you and be like, what the fuck? And you can then explain to him, babe, I need you to know the reason why I did that was because I was feeling X, Y, and Z. What should I have done that situation instead? And I've done this and he's told me what to do. So for mm-hmm. example, if I've been like, if we were running late for something, he doesn't want me to like nag him with the time because mm-hmm. it's like, I don't trust him mm-hmm. to be ready on time to then leave on time. So I asked him like, what do I need to do instead? And he was like, just say to me, Hey babe, time check. Just so you know, it's this time, the way that you say it. And it's like this unattached, like little time check, just so you know, it's this time, see you soon or whatever is completely different to being like, babe, we have to leave in 10 minutes. Where the hell are you? You're not ready yet. It's like, you're not trusting him to be ready in time. So just remember the mothering energy is I don't trust him to get it done himself. And I'm not willing to let him make a mistake for his higher good. And the lover energy is I trust him and he might make a mistake, but I actually know it's going to help him to be a better man. That is the lover energy. Mm, I love this. I love the nuance you're bringing here. What if he, um, what if, I don't know, you agree that he would take out the trash on Wednesday and he doesn't. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> I love this because I feel your invitation. I can feel the the mm-hmm. nuance in there. It's really cool, but there are situations where 
it is getting to that point that you're like, damn it, dude, you told me you were going to take out the trash on Wednesday. Where are you? Okay. So, and like in a situation, it's like, then the fucking, like, then the garbage guys come and need to wait a whole other week. So it's not just like, oh, we can do it tomorrow. So for this example, firstly, number one, have you, and this is like, as women, I'm pretty sure touching the trash, taking the trash out is the most disgusting job on the planet. Don't want to do it. Will I will literally have my bin overflowing because I do not want to touch that shit. Yep. And I've I've explained this to them before, and they just think it's the most hilarious thing. They're like, "Why? Yeah. Every woman across the board is like this, and every man is like, it's just the rubbish. I don't get it. So they don't understand how repulsive it is to us mm-hmm. to do it. So what's really important is a man also won't do something if he doesn't deem it as important in his mind because right. how men's brain work how men's brains work is they work in terms of like importance. So if something else has is deemed more important in his, in his mind on that day, he sent his resources towards that thing and away from yeah. the rubbish. Cause like, it's not as important. So if you can do it at home or whatever, because he doesn't realize the importance of it to you. Mm-hmm. So when you then explain mm-hmm. to him how repulsive the trash is, and that it's really important to you, he then in his brain goes, oh, it's an important task. I'm going to keep it up higher on my list because she's explained to me how disgusting it is for her and how much she loves it. Like I get turned on when like he takes the trash out. I'm like, fucking thank you. Like I like him doing that. And by explaining that to him, he has realized the importance of it. So I never have to explain it to him again because it's important in his mind. So if there's other things that he slipped up on before, my question is, does he realize how important it is to you? Because if it's not that important and if there's other things in his mind that are deemed as more important, he's going to prioritize those things. And then of course, if the trash is missed, you can then say to him like, hey, babe, you missed taking the bins out tonight. And like, I know it might seem small, Mm-hmm. to you, but I really hate touching the bin. And you can almost mm-hmm. laugh a little bit. I really hate touching the bin. It's just like the worst job in the world. And I know it's a really small thing and you might've thought I can just take it out, but for future, please, I want you to know how important it is to me and how much I appreciate when you do that small task, because it is honestly the most repulsive thing in the world to me to do. And I will avoid it at all costs. And when he then realizes that he's also going to feel like a man when he takes the bin out for you, because he's like saved you from the most repulsive task in the world. I love, I love the way you look at things in this very practical real life sense. So I'm, I'm just going to, I have more questions for you. What if he's a, what if he's really a couch potato? Okay. If he is a so couch potato. Okay, so he has very little yeah. energy, not a lot of passion, not very engaged, kind of deflated, tired from work, goes on the couch, switch on the TV and there's no connection. Okay. So I'm going to do two different examples. One, if he's mm-hmm. a couch potato kind of dude and you're an ambitious woman, you're with the wrong kind of guy. Right. You're always going to feel resentful. You, the energy isn't matching, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that like sometimes he can't be a couch, couch potato or that you can't sometimes be. It's mm-hmm. like the energy isn't matching. You don't have the same zest for life. So therefore not a match, right? Um, let's say the other uh, situation is he's come home from work, flicked on the TV, laid on the sofa. Okay. Right. This is men do this with like their PlayStation or go and mm-hmm. play PlayStation or whatever mm-hmm. for like 20 minutes or whatever. And we women are like, what the fuck? When you come home from a busy day, mm-hmm. do you lay on the sofa or sit in the car for 20 minutes and scroll Instagram? Yes. It's the yes. exact same thing. Right. It's the exact same thing, but just a different like mechanism. Mm-hmm. So they flick on the TV 
or play PlayStation and we text friends, scroll Instagram or look at Pinterest. Mm-hmm. Our brains want something that it's going to help us to relax and turn off mm-hmm. and we can just numb out for a second because we're exhausted. Mm-hmm. We just do it a different way to men. Right. Men also need, because they are very, um, they are in one place at one time. They are very focused And when their energy is on something, their energy is fucking on something. Whereas we will have like 50 tabs open in Chrome. Our energy is everywhere and we're scattered. That's just how our brains can work. It's very different. So when he's been at work all day, he's been so focused and he's drained. He comes home. He actually needs transition time to go from being in the office to being your partner. If you bombard him when you go, when he walks in the door, the opposite of what you want is going to happen. So you want connection. Mm -hmm. He is going to feel smothered and like Mm -hmm. he can't have him time, which actually makes him feel more disconnected and repelled from you. And try this at home. If you say to him when he comes home, like quick kiss, and it's like, okay, go do you. I'll be down here when you want me. He's going to be like, wait, what? And (laughs) then he'll take about five minutes of his time. Because the sheer fact that you have allowed him to have his time means that he doesn't need as much of it because he feels supported as a man to go Mm -hmm. do man things, Mm -hmm. right? So then he is going to then do more for you because he kind of loves you more in that moment. He feels more supported by you. Therefore, Mm -hmm. he wants to then support you more in return. So if he comes home and doesn't have that transition time, I don't think that's a good thing. I don't like that. I'm always like, have transition time, go do you, because I'm going to get a better man as a result of that versus if you come in and then we all of a sudden are just together. It's like, I don't, you need you time. You need to decompress. I don't want to be a part of that. You go do you, I'll finish up some work or do and what some if this is things. just kind of generally what's happening in his life? So what if he's, he's just not excited about things or not really showing up for anything and he's just kind of this like blah energy which i hear very often from like relationships that like he doesn't I want him have to leave me but he's blah yeah he doesn't have a sense of purpose either his yeah. job is not giving him a sense of purpose yeah. something is making him really unhappy in his life and yeah. i'm obviously like let's preface like if this is going on for like a week give him a break mm-hmm. if it's going yeah. on for three plus months that's where it's like okay So like if someone's died, like just chill out for a second. But if it's like three plus months or even two plus months and it's very out of character for him, he generally speaking won't feel like he has a sense of purpose. And what I want you to understand is like even if work is shit, if his purpose is to provide for you, there's purpose. Even if he doesn't love his job, if he feels like he goes to work to provide for you and that you give him a sense of purpose, he will have a sense of purpose. But mm-hmm. if you come home and emasculate him and you don't let him lead, where the fuck's his sense of purpose? He goes to a job that he hates and then comes home and doesn't even feel like he's gone to the job to provide for you. So it's like really important to understand that a man does get a sense of purpose from our relationship, from his relationship with you. So it's really important that you support him and being a man in your relationship because with a man without purpose is a man that you don't want to be with. Yeah. right? It's He's lazy. There's no direction. There's no discernment. He's a doormat, right? He does not have purpose. He's feminine. He needs to have purpose. Yeah. So just like we talked about the smothering versus like the, or mothering versus like the, the lover yeah. and, and trusting your man that he's got himself on the masculine side, what's the difference between provider and caretaker? As in a man that's being a provider versus a man that's being a caretaker? Yeah. Like because a man I've that's being a stay-at-home in- dad? No, I've seen the shadow side of this where where we're so used to 
the masculine, like taking care of us and leading us mm. and being there for us, that that becomes the default. And that becomes a little bit like, he's always the person to take care of you. He's always the person, I don't know, to take out the trash. He's always the person to do the dishes. And mm -hmm. there is a, yeah, I, I've seen it turn into the, the nice guy, for instance, right? They, the man almost becomes the caretaker, even though he's doing the exact same thing that we're I talking see. about. I so see. what's provider versus like, like I'm almost like fathering okay. you. Okay. So let me know if this answers your question. Mm -hmm. If you, how would I, uh, okay. So if you are letting him take care of you all the time where you're yeah. never kind of making him almost chase you to take care of you, that's where it becomes like complacent. Right. So right. it's really important right. to understand that like, yeah, a man, even that when you're in a solid relationship, like yeah. you can be married for 10 years, right? He needs to always feel like he's chasing you. And right. you are the one, especially when you're in a committed relationship, you are the one that has to allow for that situation to occur. So for example, like, you know, if you um, had an upset tummy one day and you went straight to him, you haven't let him chase you to look after you. Instead, if you had a sore tummy and you, I don't know, like fucking phone your naturopath or like, you took yourself to bed and made a cup of tea. And then he came home and was like, why didn't you tell me? Like, I'll make you tea, blah, blah, blah. He's chasing you to look after you. Right. So, and there's obviously like, it's not every time that you want to do that, but it's just being mindful of like, throughout this week, have I given him the opportunity to like chase me a little bit? So like, am I, you know, um, giving into all of his moods, for example, mm -hmm. you know, am I, you know, smothering him with love when he's having a mood or, if, or am I like, all right, you have your mood and like, I'll, I'm going to go work because then when he gets out of his mood, he's going to then come and chase you mm -hmm. because he knows that he's been in a mood and that chasing makes him feel like a man. It's not about playing a game. Mm -hmm. It's about understanding how men work and men work by feeling like they have won something. So if you never give him the opportunity to win you on a weekly basis, you're going to lose the polarity right? Like I even said, I remember last night, I was like, babe, I am committed for the rest of our lives to like, I will always make sure that I am like looking sexy, feeling sexy, like putting effort into that part of the relationship. And he was like, yeah, of course. I'm like, I'm always going to be fucking chasing you. Right. <laughs> and it was just like, it's just a given based on how we you know, have mm -hmm. our dynamic, but that dynamic is made up from the reality that we are both like, we have boundaries, we don't give in to each other's shit all the time. So we're always like wanting each other. We don't let ourselves become complacent because we're like committed to that as two people of like, I don't give in to his shit. He doesn't give in to mine. And it creates really strong polarity all the time, which is a really good thing. So when it comes to the fathering and the caretaker, like if he's always looking after you, you're actually going to end up fucking hating it. Right. Because there's never any room for you wanting him to look after you. And this is where sometimes men can slip up where it's like, if you don't leave room for her to also want you, she doesn't know that she wants you. So she end up feel, ends up feeling smothered as well. Like that little bit of space, that little bit of chasing, that bit of desire and tension mm -hmm. is a really, really good thing to keep the polarity strong. Yeah. One final, final question for you. So I think, I think people listening to this will, will very much feel what you're talking about. And and it's quite strong what you're talking about, right? Mm -hmm. So I think it's important to mention when this becomes douchey. So mm. for instance, like a, 
Like I could totally imagine, I can totally feel like, oh, I love that you're like, I love that I get to chase you. And I love that you're dressing mm -hmm. up for me like that energy. I, I can feel that. But I can also feel the shadow in that, right? So, so when is this a beautiful polarity dance? And mm -hmm. when is this a douchey guy? Because I think okay. what most women will have when they're listening to this, they'll, I think they'll feel their hunger for it a little bit, but mm -hmm. they'll also be scared to give in because then a douchey guy could just have his way with me. Okay. This is so good. So the missing piece for that would be like your own boundaries. Right. If you, right. So like, I like, I'm give you an example and kind of put it bluntly. Mm -hmm. I'm in like a relationship where I'm the submissive one. Right. Mm -hmm. And I also have fucking strong boundaries. Mm -hmm. Like I love talking about boundaries. I am like fucking queen of it. I'm all about it. And like yeah. no one can fucking cross me. Yeah. So the submissiveness and the, tr and the feminine energy piece is a choice. Like I choose to be in that, but I also would not let someone like take advantage of me. I wouldn't let like him get away with shitty behavior, mm -hmm. like none of that kind of stuff. So the missing piece for a lot of women is they listen to all of this. So I'm really glad you asked this question. They listen to all of this. They read all the books, they blah, blah, mm -hmm. blah. And the, the, the feeling of unsafety around it comes from them not embodying and having their own sense of boundaries. Mm -hmm. They feel like they could be taken advantage. They could be walked all over. How do I say no? It's like, though, if those things are coming up or like, what if I don't want that? You don't have to want that. This is just like yeah. examples of what we're bringing to the table. Mm -hmm. You have to honor your own boundaries, your own desires and what you want. And I will say that it's also like an evolution, right? Yeah. It might start off small for you and the safer that you get in your own sense of self, in your own boundaries, the stronger that it will get over time. Yeah. If you don't allow yourself to draw boundaries, you don't allow yourself to say no, and you don't allow yourself your own time, your own independence, your own sense of safety as well, that's when it can be like you'll be afraid of a guy being douchey and X, Y, and Z. I am not here for douchey guys. And if you have boundaries, if there was douchey behavior in the beginning, it would be like, okay, bye. That would be a strong woman, right? And right. When I'm talking about submissiveness, sometimes um, a phrase that I use, and this is like trademarks and no one can take it, is empoweredly submissive. Like right. I am choosing to be submissive in an empowered way. And if you understand like subdom and even like BDSM and just any kind of relationship and sexual dynamic outside of the bedroom and in the bedroom where the woman is the submissive one, mm -hmm. you have to be so fucking confident in yourself mm. to actually be that submissive. Like that level of submissiveness of fully letting go requires a very intense level of self-trust, boundaries, and confidence. Yeah. So true submissiveness comes from women that are actually really, really confident and secure in themselves. So if you are feeling very triggered by this conversation, just mm -hmm. pin the conversation and instead focus on healing your insecurities and your confidence and your self-trust. Because when you trust yourself, you'll then be able to get into this dynamic. And a lot of women that are in those controlling dynamics where they're controlling, so they're in the masculine, they don't have the self-trust to let go. They don't trust themselves. They don't feel like if shit at the fan, they'd have themselves. They don't even feel like they can protect themselves or provide for themselves. So it's really important that you anchor into that first and you feel that because then you'll be able to let go and pass that um, responsibility onto somebody else. Mm, I love this. I love this. The way the way I always look at subdom or subdom-ish relationships is that the main thing is that it's intentional. Correct. And it's not 
a given. Mm. So you both know what's happening. You both know the energy you're putting out and it doesn't have to be like that. So if you, I don't know, if he doesn't want to open the door for you today because he's just having a grumpy, shitty day, it's okay. You are still connected. Completely you are still together. Agree. You are still loving. And this is a play. This is an exploration rather than this is how we have to be. And if you're not that, then things are wrong. And so that is I such a good point, Sophie. It's like yeah. if one day he's having a shit day and forgets to hold open the door, it's like, don't beat him up about it. Yeah. He's fucking human after all. Yeah. You know, I love that of like, yes, it's so intentional. It's a choice. And like, and also I would say like, depending on the situation that you're in at that given time is going to influence the level of quote unquote subdom that you guys are engaging with in that moment. Like our environments and other factors are going to influence that. So I love that. Yeah. And the last example that I'll give is that I'm definitely not as as strong in this as you are, but I like me and my boyfriend will often play with me just calling him. Yes, sir. Oh, right? oh, and it's not his daddy. I don't yeah. say his name. It's daddy. He says daddy yeah. to himself now. Like, <laughs> yeah, it is not like, I'm like, wait, what's his name? Yes. Yes, sir. Yes, Miles. It's fun. Like he yeah. loves it. I love it. It's cheeky, right? And the other thing I'll play with is, is just like literally asking him for little pieces of permission. All the time. All, right? It's so sexy. And it's not that he has to give me permission. It's not that I can't do these things without him, but it's just that little moment of, it's we fun. Can go out for coffee now. Yes, right? it's just I kind of actively agree. surrendering your your things to him, and it's it's yeah, it's again, it's not a given, but it's an invitation to play. Correct, and it's playful, and it is fun, and he yeah. loves it just as much as you do. Like, yeah, yeah, you coming up to him, being like, "Is it okay if I go out for the girls?" Go out with yeah. the girls for coffee. He's gonna be like, um, "Fuck yeah, it is!" And like that whole situation, <laughs> that whole situation has turned into like a turn on versus I'm going out for coffee with the girls, babe. Bye. It's like okay, that's kind of boring, but you can make it really fun in that moment for both you and him. I love that. Yes. Yeah. Amazing. And we Thank do you that so and much for this conversation. For both bodies. Yes. It is. It is. Thank you so much for this beautiful conversation, Monica. This was so cool. Uh, if people want to learn more about you, where can they find you? Um, Instagram and my podcast is the best place. Uh, Feminine as fuck is the podcast. Instagram is Monica Yates Health. Everything that they need is there. I love that. I love it. Thank you yeah. so much for being here, Monica. This Thank so you, cool. Sophie, for having me. It was so juicy. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, my loves, for listening to another episode of The Deeper Podcast. If you enjoyed this, please pass along to even just one person who needs to hear this. And my love language is very much words of affirmation. So I love, love, love it when you share my work. If there was one sentence that popped out to you from today's episode, please do share it on your social media. Tag me in it and I will shower you with my gratitude. And always, if you want to stay connected, Instagram is the best place. That's where I'm the most active, sophie.josephina, or hop on on my mailing list, sophiejosephina.com. And before I forget, all of these conversations, so every podcast episode is now also available on my YouTube channel, so you can always check it out there.